As an engaged couple, you have a lot going on. Your careers, your social life, all of the wedding planning, it can be exhausting. And unfortunately, because of the fact that you have a lot going on, it makes you a prime target for wedding scammers and frauds. Every week on the podcast, I share with you tips and advice to make wedding planning more enjoyable so that you can be carefree and lighthearted on your wedding day. Today's episode is no different, But instead of discussing a specific vendor or aspect of the wedding, we are shedding light on a darker side of the wedding world, one I never gave much thought to until I talked to our guests and how you can protect yourselves and your loved ones. To access the episode show notes, head to verveventco.com forward slash 60. Again, that's verveventco.com slash 60. This was a really great conversation. So let's get to today's episode. to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our own wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own clients. My most popular items these days is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do and when in your wedding planning journey. And for all my decor-obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized decor roadmap for your day. You can pick up these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, and I am constantly learning and still trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola, who is the master behind The Planner's Playbook, is also my business mentor, and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. Now, if you want to fast track your wedding planning career, This is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Seriously. It's designed for wedding planners who are five years or fewer into their business, and it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and Candace's spreadsheets are the bomb.com. So amazing. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox and it will be filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan a attended wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, 
all of the things. And the last playbook was over 70 pages of amazing information, and I'm still going through it. How can you say no to this? Also, the Doors to the Planners playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the wait list and join anytime by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. So if you want to learn more about the Planners Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planners Playbook. Again, you can skip the wait list and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash Planners Playbook. Now, the last sponsor of our podcast is Lovestream. I have used Lovestream with my weddings and my couples are so happy with it. Not to mention they have excellent customer service, which is huge for me. Now, even though we all thought we would be getting back to a quote unquote normal wedding, luckily Lovestream is a one way, high definition, high quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're still a part of the audience at your wedding, even though they're sitting on their own couch at home. Your guests click on your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone settings. Seriously, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story. Now, if you are planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts right when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. Seriously, it's so amazing. Now, to get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com forward slash love stream and enter the code ask 10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash love stream and use our code ask 10 for 10% off any love stream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be able to have this show. I couldn't make all this free content without your support. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting our sponsors, and supporting the show. And now, on to today's episode. Today, we're discussing a topic that's not usually talked about until it's too late which is wedding scams. And on this very special episode, we have a real expert on the topic, and we're going to talk about what to be aware of, how to avoid them, all the different kinds of wedding scams, and what to do if you've been targeted by a scammer. And there are obvious signs of a scam, someone you know asking you to wire them money without a contract maybe, but there are lots of different scams that I'm learning now that are not so obvious until it's much much too late. So I'm really excited to talk about this with our guest today. There is a lot of money to be spent in the wedding industry. So it's not surprising, I think, that people would target couples that are excited to be planning their wedding and they may not be so aware. But it is very important that we are aware of what's going on so that in case people try to take advantage of you, I want you all, our listeners, to be aware of this. So I'm excited to introduce you all to today's guest. Adam Levin is a consumer advocate with more than 30 years of experience and is a nationally recognized expert on cybersecurity, privacy, identity theft, fraud, and personal finance. A former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, Mr. Levin is host of the podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin. He is co-founder of CyberScout and co-founder of Credit.com. Adam Levin is also the author of Amazon's best-selling book, Swiped. 
I have been binging his episodes for a while now, so I'm very excited to finally have this conversation with him. So without further ado, guys, please help me welcome Adam to the show. Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you. Desiree, thank you so much for inviting me. I, I'm looking forward to this. I like weddings. I had two. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Um, okay. So I love starting each episode, getting to know our guests a little bit before we dive in the conversation. I read your bio at the top of the episode, but I would love for you to share with our listeners in your own words, a little bit more about yourself and how you got started and what brought you to where you are today. Well, I, I, I went to undergraduate to Stanford uh, Law School, University of Michigan, uh, came back to New Jersey, which is where I'm originally from, and ran for the United States Congress in 1974. Uh, didn't go so well, but it was an exciting first uh, first effort. I was only 24 and a half when I started, and uh, then served for five years as uh, Consumer Affairs Director for the state of New Jersey. Uh, went off and uh, and ran again for Congress in 1982. Really close, but didn't quite turn out as well as I'd hoped. Uh, got involved in real estate development which was uh, the the family business. And then in 1993, I met a guy who was uh, very creative. Uh, he had an idea of doing a book on credit, uh, a credit education information vehicle. And uh, we were going to do an infomercial. But after about a year into that, we said, you know, it's very expensive and it's it's not quite what we expected. And he said, okay, there's this new thing. It's called the internet. And I think it's going to work. And guess what? I just swapped an $1,800 hard drive for the domain credit.com. And so we we launched credit.com in 1994, uh, became one of the uh, pr uh, sort of premier uh, credit education information product and service sites on the internet and uh, sold that in 2015. But in 2003, I started a company called, at that time, Identity Theft 911. And this company was, uh, had a core competence of putting people back together again if they had became victims of identity theft, which back in 2003, a lot of people said, what? What's identity theft? As a matter of fact, in 2003, if you were a victim of identity theft, you weren't considered the victim. The, the, the retailer was considered the victim. You were considered collateral damage and you were pretty much guilty until proven innocent. Interesting. So over the years, we went from identity theft 911 to IDT 911 because our name scared a lot of our clients in the insurance industry. And then people started saying, well, are you an alarm company or are you a phone company? And we said, no, 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 we're different. And uh, as we became global, we ended. We were in the U.S., the EU, Canada, Asia, Malaysia, Australia, and we're in the process of moving into Latin America. Uh, somebody came along and gave us an offer we couldn't refuse, and so uh, one year ago in March, I sold the company of to Santique, mm -hmm. who then six months later was bought by TransUnion. So this is sort of one of those corporate love stories. Awesome. Well, that is so interesting. The you know the whole route that you took to get here. Um, it's funny that we're having this conversation because I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention that much to wedding scams or even you know identity theft. Um, it is definitely coming up more often than than I think before 
you know, historically, my husband and I just finished watching The Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Ah, yes, and yes. yeah, and and obviously that was identity. I don't know. Is that called? I don't know what that what, what kind of scam that would be called. It was actually what he was doing was catfishing. Got it. Is what okay, called. right, catfishing, but also some kind of fraud. Um, and then he's also my husband's also an attorney, and he works for um, a large company here, and he does data security. So it's a very relevant discussion that you and I are having right now. Um, that because you know it's something that we've just been talking about a lot in our home, but I don't, I haven't been applying it to the wedding industry, which is where I am. So I have to be honest, you know, wedding scams and thinking about how to avoid them hasn't been something that I was thinking about for the podcast. But I think, you know, given all of the information that people are talking about right now and how we, now that I've been binging your podcast a lot, it's definitely something that's very, very relevant. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you today and also to share it with our listeners because it is definitely something that is super important. And like I said already before, it's it's almost too late to be thinking about it if it's already happened to you. So I think bringing awareness to this, hopefully to help people be aware of something like this is very, very important. Well, I think that, let me give you kind of three things to chew on as we have this conversation. The first is that breaches have become the third certainty in life behind death and taxes. Oh, gosh. There have been thousands of breaches. Billions of files have been released into the uh, cybersphere. And uh, just as an example, one of the biggest breaches of all time was Equifax, mm -hmm. where 150 million Americans had their social security numbers and a lot of other personal information exposed. So the first thing is... It's highly likely our information is already out there. So that's number one. Number two is we have to remember that we all have day jobs. We raise a family. We're running a business. We work for somebody. We're involved in education activities, philanthropic activities, and we're raising a family. At the end of the day, we, we have day jobs. We're busy. We're distracted. And a wedding is an even bigger uh, distraction in an exciting way, because that's all you're thinking about. And this is where uh, hackers swoop in because we have day jobs, but to them, we are their day job. Right, right. And they're going to come after us in four ways. They're going to come after us uh, in general phishing, which is dear cardholder, dear member, dear uh, bride or groom, uh, spear phishing, which they'll say uh, Desiree, uh, we want to hear something about your wedding. Uh, vishing, that's where someone calls you on the phone and represents themselves to be affiliated with either a retailer, a government agency, a health-related agency, um, a variety of things. The IRS is a big one. Mm -hmm. They love to, to do that, or the jury, uh, the jury commission. And so you're immediately listening. And then they, they, they get you down sort of a rabbit hole and then they ask you to confirm or authenticate yourself, which is, that's where you get into trouble. Right, right. And then the fourth thing is what's called smishing, SMS text-based phishing, mm -hmm. where you will get something and it will, it will require you almost to respond reflexively. And it'll say your account is frozen or let's say you've just been to a wedding expo and you suddenly get a text going, uh, you know, it, regarding regarding what we talked about at the wedding, you know, about your wedding, click here. Mm -hmm. And and people do it because right. they have an unquenchable thirst to do it. And so that's why we have to be on alert 
And especially when we're in the process of planning a wedding, uh, because we're very distracted and excited. Right. And yeah, I think you're right. And I've been listening to your podcast. You know, they, they try to target you because you're distracted and you don't think anything of it when someone reaches out to you. You're like, oh, this is fine. This is a normal person. And you're not paying attention. It's not like they're, you know, a Nigerian prince or whatever. Like it looks very, very normal to what your everyday is. Um, right. So you're you're not paying attention to it. Do you think that th- they think that couples or even wedding vendors are, I guess, right for the picking because they are just distracted because it's their it's life and it's planning a wedding and you know they potentially have money or why do you think people are targeting couples or is it just because they're just targeting everybody? <laughs> well, they, they they will target people, but mm-hmm. they will specifically target people that are involved in a life event and you will get something that will seem right because you expect it. Right. You're, you're distracted, but you, so when somebody contacts you and you're in the process of planning a wedding and they contact you with something about a wedding, you're paying attention, but, and, and then you're sort of lulled into this false sense of, Oh, well, they know what I'm doing. They get me. And this is great. And what they're offering me is either a fabulous deal uh, a service that I absolutely need, whether it's, you know, flowers or music or photography, um, or it's uh, um, any one of a variety of things, including, uh, you know, when you get married, uh, depending upon what in particular a woman is wants to do, if she's going to change her name, mm-hmm. uh, all the things involving paperwork, passports, driver's license, tax information, change of address, banking information. So, you know, they prey upon people and they come at you in a way that you almost expect it. And they, they appeal to, you know, your inner desires to have something which is perfect and exciting and wonderful and beautiful and amazing. Right. So, cause you mentioned a couple examples of like the, the fishing, catfishing, smishing, all the different kinds. Can you? Lots of issues. We call it the pantheon of issues. Yeah, issues. Can you go into more detail of like examples of what those would be? Because I feel like the normal listener, even me, would be like, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not really sure what that would be of like of a couple of them. Well, catfishing mm-hmm. is something that may get you closer to the altar, mm-hmm. but it isn't designed to actually consummate the <laughs> transaction. So someone will be masquerading as someone else, mm-hmm. and they will appeal to your emotions, your your desire to be in love with somebody, because mm-hmm. they, they troll social media sites, dating sites. Right. And you know, when they find someone they think is the is the perfect mark, they strike. And then what happens is everything speeds up. Uh, after two days, either they want you to have their child or they want to have your child. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they speak in flower, uh, flowery language. It's almost like Shakespearean in some cases. Mm-hmm. Very romantic. Of course, if you were to take their phrases and uh, copy and paste them into Google, you might find out that those phrases show up in several different pieces of literature, poetry, and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, they will uh, come at you with uh, things that seem believable, and all of a sudden, 
they change. Like I'm, I'm out of the country right now because I've, I've left my job because I'm pursuing a higher calling. I'm getting involved in a charitable uh, effort. And as a result, you know, at some point they spring the ultimate question and we, which is, can you help me? Right. Right. And I've seen every scam from someone claiming their child was kidnapped, asking for money to contribute toward the, uh, you know, paying the kidnappers, uh, to they're involved in bringing a medical clinic to the Mideast. And everything is great, except their equipment got held. This is one of our episodes. Uh-huh. Their equipment got held up at the airport. And and would you be so kind as to help me get the equipment out? So I really need 30000 right. It's such a noble cause. Uh, of course. Why would you say no? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Or or they'll they'll come at you representing themselves to be from a charity. Mm-hmm. And their attitude is that let no good disaster uh, go untested. Uh, for instance, if it's a hurricane, a flood, a tornado, uh, COVID, during COVID, mm-hmm. there were all these charitable appeals. Right. Uh, with the Ukraine now, uh, raising money for the, the people of the Ukraine, there are many legitimate charities that are, but there are scammers that are using this horrendous right. human event uh, to, ba- to profit off it by sucking innocent people in who all these people want to do is help. Um, you know, for if it involves a wedding, you could receive, for instance, a, a, a quiz or a survey. You know, we, we, we understand you were at our expo. We'd love to do a survey with what are you really looking for? How can we help you? How can we make it a more wonderful event? How can we make it less expensive for you? So all of these kinds of things. Right. So it it enhances and unfortunately makes people more vulnerable. Right. So what would one of those be? Because I was doing research for the episode today and I read about how somebody went to a bridal expo, um, a common thing, and they they went to a booth and they signed up a videographer and they signed a contract. I feel like they paid a deposit as well. And then I think that – or maybe they paid the deposit a couple days later. And then when they tried to follow up with the company – it was crickets. And they were talking about it on a wedding forum. And they're like, does anyone else go to that expo? Did anyone else see this company? Now I'm looking at their website. Now I feel like it does. It looks kind of bogus. Da-da-da-da. Would that be a, an example of catfishing because they're faking another? Well, that that's just that's just a scam. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. just a flat out. That's a wedding right. scam. But, you know, there, there will be people that will pop up. Mm-hmm. I mean, during tax season, you have sometimes pop up uh, tax preparers. Mm-hmm. Uh, stores and shopping centers, and uh, several people come in. They sit with people that look like they know what they're doing, and then they leave all their information, and they go, and they come back, and they're not there anymore. Right. And nobody knows where they went. Mm -hmm. So anytime that there is a life event or even an event during the time of the year, which is typical, like taxes or holidays, you know, some pop-up stores may be a little too popped up. Right. you know, th- there you have to be very careful. And that's why, you know, before you do anything, do your research. And that is, if if you're signing up for something, say to somebody, I'd really like to check your references. And I would like to read the contract. And then I'd like to do some online review reading. I, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I want to do some studying. 
and and these are the kinds of things that you need to be doing because in the old days it used to be trust but verify. Right. Today it's never trust, always question, always verify. Unfortunately, because there's so much fodder for scams and there are so many people out there that are committing scams and latching onto people who are focused on one thing and then trying to exploit them. Uh, because they're focused on one particular thing. Right. And they're distracted by that too. So yep. digging deeper into, you know, because there are so many different scams out there. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what the scammers are doing? Are they taking your money? Are they taking your identity? What are they actually trying to get from us? Well, what, what they're trying to get from us is exactly that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Another thing that I, I, I want people to truly understand is when you look in the mirror, you see you. Oftentimes you see a very beautiful you, but you see you. Uh, when a hacker, a scammer, an identity thief looks at you, they see Sharon Stone. They see Adam Levine. They see Jay-Z and Beyonce because you've got what they want. You've got data. You've got financial information or, and this is the the big or, you could be the tributary to a larger river. So it's not necessarily you they're interested in. They're interested in someone you're married to, your child, your parent, the company where you work, a, uh, a philanthropic organization with which you're affiliated, and they're, but they're going to use you as the way in. Mm, got it. And so even when it comes to something like weddings, I mean, there are, if, if people are tracking people and more and more scams are really targeted, uh, and they're, they're looking for companies. Like, for instance, you go to LinkedIn and you'll see a person and then you will find out where they work. And then lo and behold, LinkedIn has pretty much, here's a list of all the other people that work there that are on LinkedIn. And then they say, Oh, well, actually, I want to get to Bob but I found Mary, but Mary works with Bob. So if I can, if I can create the relationship, then I can use Mary's communicating with Bob to crawl into Bob's life. And let's say Bob's the treasurer of the company or in the human resources department or, 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 and at the end of the day, you are the conduit to where they want to get to. So, so never think that, that you're not of interest or exciting to an identity thief or a hacker or a scammer, because we all are for whatever it is, for whatever, and they all have their reasons. Uh, we all are. And that's why it's very important for us to really step up our game and, and be more protective of who we are. Right. And, you know, now if we can talk about, for instance, red flags mm -hmm. when you're dealing with vendors or things. So here's an example. You're dealing with a vendor in a wedding. You, the prices seem unrealistically low, or they can't seem to be able to provide you references, or they want high upfront fees, or they're unwilling to give you a contract. It's like, listen, we've done this for years. Ask my friend over in the next booth. Have we not been working together for years? So, you know, give me a little money. Trust me. Give me your information. I'm there for you. Right. And you feel like it's, oh, yeah, like that person's verifying them, but you don't know who that person is and they could be in on or, it too. Or it's a highly respected expo. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's been around for a long time, mm -hmm. but the people that run the expo, they miss something. Right. They overlook something who sneaks in as a vendor 
or comes in with another vendor Mm -hmm. and plays like they're the vendor or is casing the expo, getting all the information about the vendors and then finding a way to contact you. Maybe they looked over your shoulder when you gave your email address or whatever, and then they will use that. And now you have a point of reference. It's like, well, oh yeah, I talked to that person at the, uh, at the event. And it's so nice that they're contacting me. Right. There's just so many ways that they can try to get your information. I was reading one, um, it was on another forum. And then somebody was saying, you know, please watch out for this person. They're saying that they're a makeup artist. They're posting work that is not theirs. It's taken from somebody, you know, other people's work and their prices are very, very low. So like the red flag is that, you know, it's, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But basically they were taking other people's work and pretending it was passing it off as theirs. They weren't that good of a makeup artist. And then people were obviously disappointed at the end because it they it wasn't what they thought they were trying to get. Well, that's true and and there there will always be people that will steal ideas, uh visions, photographs, whatever of another pro- I mean that's what catfishing is. Right. One of the shows that we did was with a fellow who was dating another guy and uh the person he was dating stole his information, created a fake profile using his picture, let's say, let's give him a name. So at least mm-hmm. we, so let's say his name was Loki. So they took Loki's picture. Is Loki the person that posted, he's dating? Or is this, yeah, okay. Loki, Loki was the victim. Okay, got it. Uh, so he takes Loki's information. He then posts it on a profile. And then he's out trying to lure other people in. Not Loki. Let's right. say his name is Bob. Mm-hmm. So Bob lures another fellow in. And while they're together, the, the, when they meet, the fellow goes, you don't look anything like Loki, <laughs> right? but you say you're Loki, right. but you're not Loki. And then as he's leaving, he drops his credit card by mistake, mm-hmm. which then Bob takes and runs up $50,000 worth of credit card bills on it. So you have two kinds of victims when it comes to these, these dating sites and catfishing. One is the person whose image was stolen in order to, to be the lure. And then the person who got taken in by the profile or by communicating with this person that was supposed to be Loki. Right. There, yeah, there, there's just, and now I get why it's called catfishing and because all, because it just, it, it sounds like, you know, when you're fishing, but in real life. Well, yeah. and that's actually <laughs> the code, the, and, and it comes from the show called right, Catfish. Right, right. So. I remember that a long yeah. time ago. I, I did used to watch yeah. it. Um, okay, so, you know, so say someone is does fall victim to a scam, and I know that they can maybe report it to the authorities. Is there anything, and obviously I think it'll probably depend on what kind of scam and what the damage is, but what do you suggest they do if they find themselves or they think that they're being scammed, or they are unsure of it, or even after, what do you suggest for them to do? Well, you know, they should report it to local law enforcement. First of all, if it if it's something to do with an expo, mm-hmm. they should immediately report it to the, the, the folks who are running the expo. The only danger is that it's possible that the folks that are running the expo are also right. in on it. Mm-hmm. But most of them are, are are pretty responsible people, and and these are well established events. Uh, they should notify law enforcement. They should check their credit report. Mm-hmm. 
and see if there's been any suspicious activity. Um, in addition to that, they should, and this is one of the things I'll talk about a little later, but everyone should sign up for what's called transaction monitoring alerts from your financial institution or your credit card company. And this would notify you anytime there's activity in your credit card account or your bank account. And, you know, there are some people that, no, I don't care about it. I wait to the end of the month. Do not wait to the end of the month in the world we live in today. But if you get these alerts, you'll, you'll, you'll suddenly look at something and say, wait a minute, I wasn't there. I didn't do that. I didn't charge that, which means you can immediately contact your financial institution, change your credit or debit card. If you need to, if it's a debit card, you may have to change your bank account. Uh, because again, if it's a credit card, it's their money. If it's a, a debit card, it's your money. I always suggest to people, just despite whatever they're telling you about, this is a great deal. Use a credit card. Do not use a debit card. Do not wire money. Don't do anything where you may not be able to get it back or challenge it. And even though debit cards are getting more protective of consumers, uh, it also depends upon how much you could be exposed when you report it to your financial institution. With a credit card, you have time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry that, oh, my bank account has been locked up right. because they put a hold on it and they're doing an investigation and I may not be able to access my money for seven days, 10 days, whatever the bank deems necessary in order to conduct the investigation. So you do have way more time to challenge, better protections, better warranties, all that using a credit card versus a debit card. That makes sense. And I think, you know, it's, I think coming from the vendor side, sometimes it's hard for us because some of them are small businesses. So it's harder for them to take credit card. So they'll ask for a check instead. Um, and they don't have to pay for credit card fees. So there's a lot of it behind, you know, but I think you're right. If, if it seems too good to be true, definitely do your research and, you know, make sure that they're legit up and up, you know, check their references before you're giving them any money as opposed to like on the floor not like guys, not like exposed or bad, but that is definitely a, a more high pressure no, situation no. as opposed to if you're on the phone with them or in a meeting in person. And, and be careful if you're on the phone with them. Mm -hmm. It's one thing if you call them and then mm -hmm. you make a deal and then you provide your information. But if they call you, <laughs> red flag, even, even if the caller ID looks right. Uh, say to them, listen, I'll, I'll call you back. And I'm in the middle of something. I'm going to call you right back. And then independently verify they are who they say they are. Just like when you get an email and it looks like it's coming from somebody that you know or trust or you're having a business relationship with, uh, before you click on any link, and try not to click on any <laughs> link anyway, but before you do it, run your cursor over the address and see if the address that shows up is the address that you expect to be receiving the email from. Right. And sometimes it's funny you bring that up because sometimes I'll get, as a vendor, I'll get an inquiry, you know, from a prospective client that's like John Williams 2 or something. And it will be a very short email that'll say, hey, I want to plan a wedding. These are my stipulations. Do you take credit card? And it's, but it's very much like, 
no one actually does like no one asks me that right up front like how do i pay and how do you take right. money um so then usually i i feel bad because i just ignore them but i also don't want to give them attention because they, i'm like if they really are a real person legit they're, they're legit then they'll probably yeah. follow up with me in another way if, if they're gonna like keep emailing me in this weird fashion then i usually just ignore them because i feel like it doesn't seem true <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one that that a new a new kind of scam that's coming up that's ransomware related, and that's where someone finds a way to get into your computer or your or any portable device, digital device, and then they freeze your files and say, "Okay, you have to pay us in Bitcoin, or we're going to delete your files, or they will be permanently encrypted." Sorry about that. Um, one of the things they're doing now is is contact forms. Like you, 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 they'll send you something, or you'll have a contact form, and they will then send it back to you. Except it's not what you think it is, and it actually has ransomware on it really? or malware. So, like, they'll go on and my website. Yeah, they they'll go on your website, uh-huh. and then they'll like, but but they won't fill it out on your website. They'll oh. just find a way to send you a contact form. And when you, you know, when you click on the contact form, you've just put malware on your, your computer. Mm-hmm. Now, malware can do three things. Uh, a, it can put ransomware on your device. B, it could take you to a website that looks very realistic, asking you to log into that website, which turns out not to be the website. Mm-hmm. It's a clone site. Um, or... It will turn your device into what's called a keystroke logger, which means every time that you enter your logon information uh, on your keypad, that information is being transmitted to the thieves. Oh, my God. I'm so paranoid now. (laughs) No, and there's something else they do, too. And that is when you go to some of these websites, and let's say it's a a legitimate website, uh, ransomware people or, or scammers, what they do is they will put one line or two lines of malicious code onto that website. They find a way to get in. They put the code on the website so that when a consumer comes and enters his or her information, credit card information Mm -hmm. or what other information that is sensitive and personal, that information is collected and transmitted to the, to the scammers. Got it. And, and it's not something that most consumers will notice, uh, you're not, no one's really equipped to notice it. It's it's the responsibility of the website to keep monitoring what's going on with their code and with the website. Mm-hmm. Where you will notice it quickly is if you have transaction alerts, because if you enter credit card information and within an hour, all of a sudden, you're having an incredibly good time somewhere <laughs> where you're not. That might be an indication that you've just been e-skimmed. Right. Oh, e-skimmed. That's fascinating. That's also very <laughs> so scary. But yeah, I've, I'm learning so much from your podcast of the different kinds of attacks that people can be doing. Um, guys, definitely check out his podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin, because it's there's just so many ingenious ways that people try to get information that they will use to their advantage that's yours that, you know, who knows what they'll do with it. Um, so one thing that I was, you know, thinking about. So say that, like in the example I think that I gave you, say you are a vendor 
and you mm-hmm. find out that someone is masquerading as you. They've taken your information or they've taken, like this videographer I knew, she said that someone had set up an Instagram account using screenshots of her work. And it's, you know, even in the Instagram account, like say their their account name was called like, you know, you know, Vince's Fine Videos. That sounds right. horrible. <laughs> But anyways, and they the the new account was called like Vince's Vine Videos Take Two or something like that. They, you know, it was on Instagram. They did contact Instagram to take it down, um, saying that this is not their work, et cetera. But if you find yourself in a situation where someone is t- is taking your work, do you have any advice for them? You know, luckily Instagram took it down, but they said it's because they violated their community guidelines, not because they were passing off someone else's work as their own. But if the, if someone finds that someone is, has taken their information and is passing it off as theirs, but it's hard to track who this person is, you know, where right. they got your information, is there anything that they can do? Well, you can contact the, the FBI consumer complaint line, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's, it's the uh, ICCC, Internet Consumer Complaint mm-hmm. uh, Center. Um, you can notify lo- local law enforcement. Not that they're going to be able to do much, but the the point is, it's good to have a police report to say that my information was stolen, and that someone basically tried to steal my company name and everything else, which has right. happened. Where entire corporate uh, online personas have been stolen, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, you can sue. Uh, you know, you're married to a lawyer who's <laughs> a litigator. But you know, it would be a. It would be if it's a business, then you would need a business litigation mm-hmm. attorney, and the odds are not that great that they'll win unless you can find the right. person. And remember that a lot of these scams are operated by people who are, who are are in another part of the world, and in some cases do what they do under the protection of, or at least the wink wink ignorance of a government that's not particularly friendly to the United States. Plus it's a long drawn out process. You know, one of the ways they were, they were stealing uh, information from people who are Instagram Mm -hmm. people where they were literally hacking into and stealing Instagram sites from people. And for a number of those people, those websites were their livelihood. That's how they were communicating with Mm -hmm. people. And what they would do is they would send you a note saying you are violating uh, copyright law by having that picture up, and of course, people panic and they immediately try to communicate and provide whatever information they do, and they don't ri- realize they're falling right into the hands of the hackers. Right. Because they'll find a way for you to click on something, and when you mm-hmm. do, they will then worm their way into your device, get your password information. You know, it's another thing, too. Think about all the people that use the same password throughout their entire oh, universe of websites. This is one of my questions for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, and, and uh, maybe this is the time to do the three yeah. M's, which is uh, by so in the book swipe, Bo Friedlander, who's my co-host on uh, on what the hack, um, we created a framework for consumers and businesses, which we call the three M's, and because with breaches being the third certainty in life, you really need to find a way to kind of live with it. It's like we're now living with COVID. We're not trying to totally destroy it because we realize we can't totally destroy it. Well, the reality in with identity theft is it's going to keep happening all over the world to everybody. And sometimes the only reason why you haven't been a victim 
yet is they just haven't gotten around to you because they have such an inventory of, of people they can go after. So the three M's are, how do you minimize your risk of exposure and reduce your attackable surface in a world where we have 35 billion, that's Dr. Evil, pinky to the lips, B, billion Internet of Things devices from your coffee pot to your smart mattress cover to your HVAC unit to your security thing in your home to the baby monitor to your car. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So how do you minimize your risk of exposure? How do you effectively monitor your accounts so you know as fast as possible you have a problem? And then how do you manage the damage? So minimize, monitor, manage. And the first M, how do you minimize your exposure? Well, first, long and strong passwords not shared across your universe of websites and maybe even get a password manager because it can remember all of these things that we can't. Plus, it can create extremely complex passwords. Right. So that's number one. So something one. like LastPass or whatever, you definitely think that those things are worth it. I've wanted to do that. And my husband's like, we don't need it. But I'm like, but I think we do need it. No, you yeah. do, you do Maybe now it. that he you works for that it. company, he'll be more on board with spending that money. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 and here's the, the, one of the big dangers that we face is if we use our, our passwords everywhere, and oh, by the way, also where we work, right. That if we get if we get compromised anywhere, we could be totally putting our company at risk, and our coworkers. And sometimes these breaches are so bad, or the ransomware attacks are so severe, the company goes under. Right, because you go offline so is, and you, you know, can't provide services. Right. Correct. So it's sort of like by protecting you, you're protecting your family, you're protecting your company. You could be actually protecting, depending upon how entrenched your company is with infrastructure or whatever, you could be protecting our national security mm -hmm. because all you need is one person to make a mistake. Because remember, as a defender, if you look at it from a corporate perspective, you got to get everything right. As an attacker, all you need to do is get one person that no one even thought was going to do something dumb to click on the wrong link and that could bring down an entire company. Right. So therefore... You have to work to minimize your risk of exposure. Use two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. This is where you start to log on to a website and then suddenly pops up and says, where should we send the code? To your email, to your phone, whatever it is. That gives you an extra layer of protection, two-factor authentication. Uh, the third thing is you don't just click on links or open an attachment because you think you knew who sent it to you. Even something as what seems to be as harmless as an e-card, <laughs> right? And, you know, it's a real buzzkill if you call someone and say, uh, Mary, did you just send me an e-card? It's like, oh, please, you're taking all the fun right. out. The only problem is the person who may have sent you the e-card masquerading as Mary wasn't right. Mary, and they wanted you to click on the link. So if you want to avoid remorse, go to the source. Don't have the link take you to where you want to go. Go directly to where you want to go, whether it's a charity, it's a business, it's something to do with dating, it's a fun picture that's on Google somewhere. Uh, you know, th they have situations where they can put ransomware on your computer or malware, and it could be sleeping on your computer. And the way that they activate it, they send you a cute cat picture and you click on the link oh and all of a sudden, bam. Mm -hmm. 
they add, they bring it to life. In some cases, you don't even have to click on the link. Just the sheer existence of this floating around in your network right. could end up putting it on. So that's why you have to be careful about that. Also, don't just download every single app that you hear about because it's new, it's cool, it's shiny, it's fun. No, 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 no. Go to the Apple store and read reviews. Mm -hmm. Go to the Google store. Understand, though, that there has been a little bit more issues with Android devices than with Apple devices because they do sneak these uh, apps onto into the Google store. So it's not 1,000%. Uh, right. You know, I can do it and I'm fine. Um, freeze your credit. Mm -hmm. It's free. You have to do it with each of the credit reporting agencies. But when you freeze your credit, that means no one, including you, can get access to your credit. Interesting. Unless it's thawed using a special password that you get at the time you freeze your credit. So what does freezing your credit and mean you can, you're doing? What it means is that you are blocking out anyone from getting access to your credit for the purpose of either confirming their identity, doing something with taxes, or... Uh, most importantly, opening new accounts okay. in your name using your social security number and the Got like. It. Also, freeze your children's mm -hmm. credit. You know, for a hacker, a child is a delicious target. Why? Because they have social security numbers, but they have no credit. Oh, <laughs> so that means someone can steal their social security number, they find however they get it, and then create an entire credit right. portfolio. portfolio get all kinds of credit cards and all that stuff up, run them all up and then disappear. And when your child turns 18, looking to rent their first apartment or, uh, you know, they're looking for a, a student loan that's not a government loan, but a, a, another kind of student loan, or they're, they may, they may want to rent an apartment for the summer and they find out that their credit's been destroyed. We had a, a one woman on our show who's actually a nationally recognized identity theft expert today mm -hmm. Because unbeknownst to her, during her entire childhood, her mother had stolen her information and opened all kinds of accounts in her name and totally destroyed her oh credit. Oh, my gosh. And so her, her, one of her most memorable uh, uh, lines was, I spent 19 years of my life eating Thanksgiving dinner across the table for my identity. That's thief. crazy. I mean, that's really also very tragic and sad, but that's crazy. But yeah, because they oh, don't totally. have, because so, they're not aware. They have a social security number, but that's all that, the, you know, they're, they're not aware because they're children. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you're a child, who's the one person who can protect mm -hmm. you by getting your credit frozen? Your parent. Mm -hmm. But if they're your thief. Right. Uh, you see where the rub is there. Also, 10% of all children in foster care are victims of identity Aww. theft because they have identity cards that are passed around from family to family, and many foster families take advantage that way. So it, it's tragic. And then shred. Mm -hmm. You know, people, people, the humble shredder. You know, don't use a ribbon-cut shredder because if you saw the movie, um, oh, gosh, with Ben Affleck, oh, yeah. the one – yeah, and and where they where they, they piece uh, them back uh, together, right? Ar yeah. Argo, yeah. Argo, yes. <laughs> they had people who were hopped up on drugs that that were focusing, mm -hmm. and they were taping together uh, shredded documents. So use a a, a a what they call a a ribbon mm -hmm. cut shredder, a cross cut shredder, cross cut, because it creates confetti. There's nothing you can Got do it. with it. So these are also here's one for you. 
when you set up answers to security questions, mm-hmm. right? right. And how many websites do you have to do that? Lie like a superhero. Oh, because you're using fake Clark information. Clark Kent doesn't tell people he's Superman. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your answers are not authentic answers. And the reason is uh, that so many people post so much mm-hmm. information on social media mm-hmm. that the answers to security questions are in the information they post right. on social media. Which also brings us to beware of what you post on social mm-hmm. media, especially like, okay, you're taking a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And of course, you want to share the experience immediately with everyone. So, hi, this is us leaving our home now, and we're getting on the plane, and we're going to France, and here we are in France, and we're going to be gone for three weeks. So it does two things. It tells people where you are if they want to stalk you, but it also tells people where you aren't if they want to rob Mm -hmm. you. In fact, there was a website a few years ago, I don't know if it still exists, called (laughs) pleaserobme.com, where they would take examples of people who were doing this, sharing every moment in real Mm -hmm. time of, of their, wherever they were on their trip. And it was, it was like totally giving a blueprint to anybody that wanted to break into your home. So it's, it's all about being a little circumspect and understanding the fact that there are people out there that may want to be your quote friends that aren't your friends, that you become the gift that keeps on giving. So the second M is monitoring, much shorter, and that is get your credit report. You're entitled to one a year from each of the credit reporting agencies for free during COVID. In fact, up and through this coming April, the reporting agencies have been making those reports available once a week for free if you wanted wanted to get it. Um, Monitor your credit scores. If it suddenly takes a precipitous drop that you can't explain, it could be you've, A, not paid a bill, not good, B, using too much of your available credit, Mm -hmm. not so good either, or C, you're a victim of identity theft, really bad. Sign up for what we talked about earlier, transaction monitoring at your your financial institutions so that you will notify if something's going on in your accounts. And again, people don't realize that millions of credit and debit cards are sold every day on the dark web by zip code in an effort to evade bank tracking systems. Because if it's where you live or where you work or where you normally shop, the bank might miss it, but you won't miss it. Then even something as simple and people go, really? When you get explanation of benefit statements from your health insurer, Mm -hmm. read them. Because you may find out it wasn't you mm-hmm. that had that treatment or that exam. Uh, there's a story uh, of a woman who walked into the office of a hospital administrator, threw both legs up on the desk and said, do I look like a double amputee to you? Right. Right. So read your explanation of benefit statements. And then there are much more sophisticated forms of monitoring, which have dark web monitoring which you can get from the reporting agencies and companies like Credit.com, Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, and the list goes on, Aura, and uh, uh, which will notify you first if your stuff is floating around the dark web. And secondly, uh, we'll we'll have something which is called an instant alert or me, not me, Mm -hmm. which will notify you not, you know, Desiree, about six weeks ago, someone opened an account in your name. It will be like, Desiree, someone's attempting to open an account in your name right now. Is it you? Yes or no? Oh, yeah, that's really because that's when you need to do it. You need to do it right now because it's, you know, it's if you wait 
um, you know, an hour a day, it's way too late. Well, that's why yeah. transaction monitoring will be helpful because at least you'll things will right. show up. Um, and then the third M, managing the damage. Uh, you could try to do it yourself and then you'll have no life for a period <laughs> yeah. of time. It, it could take you, depending upon the complexity of the problem, months, if it's a medical identity theft situation, could take weeks. Mm -hmm. If it's new accounts, if someone opened like 30 new accounts, I, I had a niece, someone opened 30 accounts in her name. And you know, luckily we had CyberScout and we took care of it for her, but it would have been a nightmare for her to try to do right. that. So, um, so what you want to do is check with your insurance company because many insurance companies now, as part of your homeowner's policy, your auto owner's policy, or your renter's policy, offer identity theft protection so that if you become a victim, they already, they will hook you up with a service provider who helps people through these instances of identity theft. Um, check with your financial institution. Credit unions are more aggressive with this than big financial institutions. Or uh, now more and more employers are offering identity protection services uh, for people who work because they've realized that if you're my employee, if you become a victim, you're going to be distracted. If you're distracted, I'm not getting out of you what I hope to get out of you. Not to mention the fact, if you get compromised, you may use the same email with me. Right. So therefore, I got to find out as fast as possible what your problem is, and I got to get it taken care of with a professional. Right. And you're also a liability of the company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are the kinds of, so those are really the mm -hmm. three M's. That's so. Minimize, monitor, manage. That's so helpful. Thank you for that. Um I feel like I need to replay this episode and like the whole, like I've been telling my husband, like you should just listen to his podcast. I'm sure he's very, he's very up on everything. Like he checks our bank all of, like literally every day he checks. He's like, what about this, this charge? Was this you? Yes. Usually. Yes. It was me. We'll see if he, if he has transaction yeah. monitoring, right. they will notify yeah. him every yeah. time something. Yeah. Happens. I should definitely tell him about that. Um, so one of the questions I did want to ask you, you know, there are a lot of, programs and apps out there that collect data for you to make your life easier. So for example, I heard um, an episode with uh, on another podcast, The Points Guy, who helps people book their vacation with their airline and credit card miles. And they have a new app. And all you have to do is link your accounts to the app. And then it'll tell you all of the miles you have. And it'll tell you like, okay, now you can take a vacation with this, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I told my husband about it. I was like, this is great. Like we can take trips and it'll be free. And he's like, they will sell your information. I don't want to connect oh, totally. my stuff to that. But then there's also coupon sites. I know that you like some, maybe not all, um, like Honey or Rakuten that tracks your shopping. And yep. obviously you're giving them information, uh, access to your information that will help and benefit you, but it also tracks your spending and your shopping and like your, you know, your spending habits. How do you feel about stuff like that? Or, you know, is it really just like reading the fine print on these things? Or as far as like how much data you're providing companies, what is your position on that? Well, one of the things to remember is that a company may, in all sincerity, say, we're not going to share your data, or we're only going to share your data with affiliated organizations. Uh, then they go bankrupt. And whoever buys them goes, well, that's not my policy. So 
I, you know, you have to start with the premise that it's a, it's a trade-off. It's called it's convenience versus security. If it's convenient, you're the product. Right. <laughs> you're the product. Now, you may be fine with that. A lot of people go, you know what? I want the best deal. I want to get the most points. I want to get every coupon I can get my hands on. And I'm willing to take the risk. So it really has to do with what is your risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, again, the whole point here is I don't want you to go home and immediately burn off your fingerprints <laughs> and unplug every device and hide under a mattress or as we love to say on our podcast is uh, hide under a bottle cap at the bottom of Loon Lake. <laughs> you know, you really can't, even if you think you're living off the grid, all you need is one of your friends to post a picture of you somewhere mm-hmm. that you don't even know about because you're living off the grid. And guess what? You're now on the mm-hmm. grid. So live your life, but just take precautions. I mean, look, the reality is there have been so many breaches. It's probably highly likely that your information is already out there. So the question is then how do you how do you live with this? And that's password managers, two-factor authentication, not giving them more information by clicking on a link or opening an attachment or opening yourself up right. to this. Have up-to-date security software on your on your devices. And if you see something, say something mm-hmm. fast, because you may be able to catch something early. Uh, but the reality is this is the world we live in. And it's like where we like to say scaring is caring. Well, sharing is caring. It's just people overshare and they can't help themselves. So if you're going to overshare, be alert right. and and take certain precautions where you can take your social media uh, accounts and lock them down in terms of only allowing people who you know mm-hmm. Or you, or you want to know, but you know about them and you've confirmed they're real, uh, that's one thing. But if you're going to leave yourself wide open, then assume that you're going to have one day an unpleasant notification or phone call or an account's going to get shut or your uh, something's going to get frozen while you're traveling. Uh, you know, but it's life. Right. So, you know, live, live your take life. protections. <laughs> Yeah. Take protections. And most importantly, uh, through your insurance company, your institution, or your uh, employer, have sign up for these programs. Mm -hmm. In some cases, they're free as a perk of your relationship with the institution. In some cases, it's deeply discounted. In other cases, you're going to have to pay full freight. But trust me, whatever you pay to be part of a good program is nothing compared to what you're going to pay in terms of time and potentially money and emotional upheaval if you become a victim of a scam. Right. And that just reminds me, you know, my mom was on Facebook and then I feel like someone was able to hack into her account or something like that. And she They do that. And she yep. is just she went off and like off she's not on Facebook anymore. Um and I think she was so traumatized by the experience and just feeling like she was exposed and not having control of it has just made her very paranoid and scared. And she's she's fine now. But I think she just felt so unsafe because she didn't realize how vulnerable she was. And I think that, you know, like that PTSD is, you know, is hard. And it's scary to think how vulnerable you were until it actually, you know, and, and then it happened. 
So, so yeah. Well, you know, one of my one of my favorite Facebook stories is Mark Zuckerberg's account got hacked, <gasps> and do you know what his password what? was? Da da da. Oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> it, it isn't that yeah. anymore. And and Facebook now has a a, a very sophisticated protection mm-hmm. system that you now have to be part of Facebook Protect, mm-hmm. or they lock you out of your site. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it really has to do with two factor yeah. authentication. But I, you know, I just want to remind people of one other thing. You know, in uh, your social security number used to be your unique identifier. Mm-hmm. Today, your cell phone number is. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Right. Everywhere you go, you give them your phone number. And you don't change your right. phone number. It's always on mm-hmm. you. It's portable. And uh um it it is it identifies some people are literally they are their phone yeah. number. And you can use that for and anything. your phone number. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, and your phone number is also, f- for most people, the second part of your two-factor authentication. Right, so, right. You you know, you really have to think about where you give out your phone number. Now, uh, if I didn't mention it, let me mention now, if I did mention it, just yell at me. But there is a website called Have I Been No, Pond. you haven't. So it's Have I Been P-W-N-E-D.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just the A Got is it. missing. And and it, it, what it what you do at this website, you go there and you put in your email address and it's mm-hmm. safe. Law enforcement now is participating. Everyone is. Um, you put your phone number in or your email address and it will show you. Some people have encyclopedic oh my gosh. Uh, pages of this. It will show you every place that that email address and most likely the password affiliated mm-hmm. with it uh, has been exposed in a breach. Now, some of those websites uh, have very sophisticated encryption, but many don't. Mm-hmm. You can even put your phone number in there and it will tell you if your phone number has been exposed. Right. And this is really important to know because even if you just see your your um, email address and the website, you you, assuming you remember what your password was for that particular website, you'll go, oh my God, I got to change my password right away. So best bet, get a password manager. Next best bet, be checking, have I been pawned mm-hmm. like a crazy person? Uh, because again, if there is any ubiquity with your particular passwords, it could come back to haunt you. It's funny because you bring that up. It's not really funny at all. I remember, you know, I had a password and I would change my password like every year, but there were a couple of passwords I I used often. And if I hadn't logged into an account for a long time, you know, it'd been like a year or whatever. When I logged in, it would say, oh, we think that this password has been part of like some breach. Mm -hmm. You should change it now. So I did. Yep. But, uh, but then it would, you know, it, I would get that message on multiple websites and I'm like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should look into that because it sounds like, you know, that path, which I don't use anymore, but like that password obviously got out somewhere, but it's interesting that they were able to tell me like, you should probably change your password because this one has been on some list or something. Well, and the overwhelming majority of people have, uh, they use the same right. password. Mm-hmm. Uh, now what you could do is perhaps group your passwords um, which some people do is like, well, I have certain websites that are, they're like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got like Pinterest. I don't care. I don't pin anything. I go look right. at it or, or, you know, ones that I have a little fun with and I don't 
it's it's not the end of the world if someone got the password to that mm-hmm. account. But then when you start moving up the right. food chain, when you get to your social media accounts, that has to be much more sophisticated. Yeah. When you get to your financial accounts, Super. you really have to be sophisticated. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, oh, well, this is, this is all just so fascinating. Um, but we're going to, you know, we're going to start to wrap up. I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests because you are the expert in your field. And I feel like you've given us so much information that's very vital. If there's anything else, like a surprising detail or something that you think people should be aware of that they're not thinking about when it comes to security, identity, what would it be? Anything else? Well, I think the the thing that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier was the fact that that people don't think they're going to be a target. It's the it's the old line: "It'll never happen to me." Those are famous last words. Whether it's spoken by a small company or a consumer or even a teeny little government agency in the middle of nowhere, uh, everyone there is no one that is too sign- insignificant, no one that is too unimportant, no one that is. They're not really strategic at all. They really could mm-hmm. be. And therefore, you have to act accordingly. And, you know, you have to look at this like cyber hygiene, right? We all know about health-related hygiene, right? You go to the doctor, the dentist, whatever. Uh, you know, someone said, oh, God, I've got such breach fatigue already. <laughs> so many breaches. Everywhere I turn, there's a breach. I said, let me ask you a question. You breathe, don't you? And they go, well, yeah. I said, do you get breath fatigue? Well, no. I said, well, then you shouldn't get breach fatigue. Because if you end up getting breath fatigue, it could be the end of you breathing. And if you get breach fatigue, you could get hacked and it could be the end of your company. Because that one time that you let your guard down, it could, that would be it. It's just one, you know, like the story of a guy who said, I only went out once without my mask. Right. And he's lying in a hospital on Mm -hmm. a ventilator, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's, if I could take it mm-hmm. back, and I obviously know that there are two sides of the mm-hmm. issue there, but the bottom line is it's the one time you thought it was no big, the right. one time you didn't put on your seatbelt. Right. You let your guard down. And your car gets into an mm-hmm. accident and you get slammed against the right. the door right. and you get hurt. So it's it's all about, you got to just keep mm-hmm. it up. It's got to be steady. Just like in in organizations, conversations about cybersecurity have to go on on a daily basis. Uh, people have to know what's going on. They have to be alerted to the red flag, just like consumers mm-hmm. need to be alerted, just like children need to be educated right. as to cyber at an extremely young age. You know, our kids are cyber natives, digital natives. And, you know, people go, well, they'll be okay because they're digital natives. I mean, this is second nature to them. The problem is, they're the most targeted. And in most cases, young people fall mm-hmm. for it. Why? Because they grew up trusting everybody online. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like when your mother used to say, don't talk right. to strangers. But now it's, well, yeah. well, guess what? Every day you communicate with strangers online. And you don't even see them. You're just p- posting publicly. You have no idea who these strangers are. They're just there and you don't even know them. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. <sighs> and people trust because Whoever they are, they make a compelling case. There's somebody you need to know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you need to know them like a holy right. man. That's what you <laughs> right. need. Well, Adam, this was a very enlightening and very interesting conversation. I want to ask you one last question as we wrap up, which I ask all of our guests, which is, you know, I believe that life is too short to waste it on moments without meaning or don't give us joy. What 
when you're not cyber defending all of us, what gives you the most joy is the most meaningful to you? I have a nine-year-old son. Mm. And there's nothing more wonderful than having him beat me to death on the basketball court <laughs> and then remind me how cricky and old I am. But uh, um, that, that's really, you know, spending time with my wife and my family, my mm-hmm. little guy, that's, that's really, that means everything to me and friends, close yeah. friends. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think a lot of our guests say that. And I think it just brings back, you know, what is most important to all of us, but then also what we should probably be protecting most importantly, which is those people around us. Well, that's it. And of course, you know, my father once said to me, just remember one thing, kid, nobody ever sat on their deathbed and said, I should have worked harder. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's very, very true. I like that one. Well, Adam, it was so amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of this with our listeners. Before I let you go, can you let our listeners know where to find you online? Okay. Hiding behind, (laughs) no. They can find me at adamlevin.com and What the Hack with Adam Levin, which is available uh, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, the joy of this podcast is it's a shame-free zone. You know, we have three hosts and we all talk about crazy things that we've seen in the cyber world. And we have a guest on every week and the guest tells a story. And some of the stories are sad. Many of the stories are, how did you do that? But you know what? At the end of the day, it's we talk about it. We try to have a laugh mm-hmm. out of it. We try to have people see the, the lighter side of it, but also to impart experiences and and say to people, look, one of the biggest enemies in the cyber world is when you become a victim and you don't tell anybody mm-hmm. or when a company gets breached and they don't notify people. It's all about sharing the experience, letting people know what the threats are, what the red flags are, and the kinds of things that you can do in order to better protect yourself and your family and your community and who knows, maybe even the country. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. I will make sure to link everything in the show notes um, for our episode. Adam, thank you so much for all of this information. I think our listeners will really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Hey, listen, thank you so much, Desiree. This was great fun and always happy to do it. Anytime you want, I'll come on back. Amazing. Thank you so much, everyone. Adam Levin of Loudtree Media and the What the Hack podcast with Adam Levin. With Adam Levin. Well, guys, what did you think? Did Adam and I freak you out? Or were you already super paranoid and very, very secure? After talking to Adam, this week's guest, I am so much more careful and just aware of my surroundings and my passwords and what I use and what I share. I changed a bunch of my passwords as well as enabled two-factor authentication on my accounts and my devices because I'm just kind of freaked out. I always knew there were people out there with nefarious intentions, but I never really thought it could happen to me or anyone I knew. It just seemed like these kinds of things, these hacks or breaches, happened to people that were stupid and not being careful. But the thing is, it happens all of the time. If you listen to Adam's podcast, which I started listening to, there is literally a hacker for every single person out there. And so after listening to his podcast, I am so much more aware of what I click on, what I post on social media, all of that. You know, I kind of already stopped sharing a lot of my personal life on my personal accounts. I just also just got busy, but especially when it relates to my kids, 
it's kind of hard to avoid. And I'm also, you know, I don't want their identity to get stolen, which I've heard of people doing. So of course, there's a balance that needs to be struck, which Adam touched on. There's a convenience and a tolerance of risk. And that's up to each individual to decide what level of risk they're comfortable with. But I just hope that our interview today really made you just stop and think about what you're doing, what you're sharing, what you're clicking on, you know, what you're telling people about the wedding, all that kind of stuff, because it's just, you know, a diff- we live in a different age today than we did even five years ago. So anyways, I hope that this interview was very, very helpful for you guys. Now, if you have any follow-up questions about what we talked about, just drop them in your, your review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to the show while you're there, and I will address it in a future episode. You can also learn how to connect with Adam in today's episode show notes, which are at verveventco.com forward slash 60. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 60. As always, please make sure you remember to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Every single review that you leave helps our little show get seen and found by other couples and vendors that are looking for help planning their wedding. Also, it will help our show get new guests for season three, which is just awesome and exciting in it as well. So leave those reviews. I'm super, super thankful to all of you guys that do that. Thank you so, so much. What I'm going to start doing is leaving a daily review for my favorite podcast. So when I open up their show, I'm just gonna tap the five stars, leave a little emoji and say thanks. Usually I leave my favorite podcast a nice long review, but I've already done that for all of them. But I just like to leave a little thank you review. So I'm just going to click the little five stars and be like, thanks, review of the day. Yay. Um, And I hope that you do the same thing for me. It'll take just two seconds and then you're done. I really appreciate that you all are here with me week after week. And I just thank you all so much for leaving us reviews, even multiple reviews, telling us what you think and sharing the show with your friends and other people that would benefit from it. So let us know what you think of the episode length, the topics, the guests we have and anything and everything. And we will definitely implement your feedback in season three of the show. This episode was a little bit longer and I would love to know if you guys are cool with that or if you prefer we keep them a little bit tighter and closer to 35 to 45 minutes. Let me know. If you're listening during the month of April, make sure you leave the show a review so you can be entered to win some more gift cards because who doesn't want a gift card, especially if you're planning a wedding because you're buying so much stuff on Amazon and at Target, I know you will use it. I just sent one to Allie, who was last week's review of the week, and you can get one too. So speaking of reviews, today's listener review is by MB Romo, who actually DM'd me on Instagram, but now I can't find her DM. So if you're listening to this MB Romo, Romo, shoot me another DM if you could, and I will get your email so we can send you a gift card. MB Romo writes, informative and refreshing, five stars. As a fellow wedding vendor, I love this podcast, exclamation point. Desiree is what it means to be a professional in this industry. She gives candid advice, her interviews are thoughtful, and the topics are well-researched. Her guests are knowledgeable and interesting, and each with unique experiences that always leaves me with a great takeaway. Definitely give her podcast a listen. Yay, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that review. That really means so much to me that you were all of that. If you had asked 12-year-old Desiree if she wanted to be a news reporter, which I kind of think is similar to being a podcaster, I would have said no way. 
But I really love talking to each one of our guests and sharing our conversations with you all, our listeners. So hopefully you guys are benefiting from this. Even though I feel like I've been planning weddings and events forever, I still learn so much from each of our guests. Part of it is because I don't get to sit down and have conversations like these with our wedding partners because we're always just focused on our work and serving our clients. So having the opportunity to talk to them in a more relaxed environment with the focus on learning has been really rewarding and I hope beneficial for you guys that are listening. Next week, I will be back to talk about wedding seating. Seat assignments can be so stressful for some couples, so I'm gonna give you some tips to think about and tools that I use to help you get through it as unscathed as possible because there definitely can be some drama when it comes to wedding seating. Then I'm bringing on a guest to share with you all his horror stories, but also tips for writing the best wedding vows and speeches. And guys, if you are getting married, you have to listen to this episode. Wedding toasts and speeches can really derail a wedding, so make sure you know how to avoid that. And if you are a vendor listening to this, you know all too well what I'm talking about. And then, of course, we're going to have our interview with Jason Tardick, and that will just wrap up season two. I really don't want season two to come to an end for the podcast. I just love having these conversations with you all. But my wedding clients are calling and I will be back with more drama and advice for you in season three. If you want to connect with me in the meantime, I would love to hear from you. You can reach out on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast or on TikTok at Verve Event Co. I promise I will be there more on TikTok, I swear. Now, if you would be interested in becoming part of a community with other listeners so we can all support each other and give tips and advice, let me know in your Apple Podcast review. I am looking into some options for season three. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me today. It really means the world to me to have you listening and subscribing to the podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.